Okay, we are live. It's another episode of Beer, Bacon, and Bros coming at you. We have got um, two beers. Okay, now we should be live. You should be able to hear us. Give us an audio check, Chris. Yeah, come on. Be smarter. There we go. We are live. Another episode of Beer, Bacon, and Bros coming at you. It is the pre-Hazelwood Brewery live show. It's the pre-show show. Um, We went out there today, but we'll get into that. Skipping things here. Introductions, as always. I'm Alex. We've got Chris and Adam in the studio. What's up, guys? Hello, everybody. We may have a few call-ins. Um, don't know. Uh, thank you for listening to wherever you're listening to this podcast. Give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Be your bacon blues. Not hard to find us. Not hard at all. Uh, share us. Let your friends know. But anyways, we're going to talk a little bit about probably mostly baseball. Baseball. Um, a little uh, bit of basketball, maybe. Uh, probably a re- at least a prediction, a recap or something like that. Yeah, recap the recap a little bit of college on Saturday. Talk about the event coming up on Friday, and we got two beers on tap. And then the old, the old Monday night, what happened Monday night? You didn't want to bring that up, Alex? Huh? The old Stanley Cup. Oh, oh yeah. I don't really care about those two teams. <laughs> he said school hockey because Pans won in it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I hate to say it. Obviously, Alex, you know, the most hockey fan of the four of us. So, um, yeah, if the Pens were in it, I'd probably watch it just because all of y'all like the Pens except for Zach. But I mean, I'm not a Pens fan. I mean, okay. It really also wasn't like a fun – Fun final series. They like they jumped out three one. It's kind of like oh, I mean, no. Yeah, it was three one. Game five. Game five. Tampa Bay was winning. Dallas came back and I thought I thought it went one one two one three one. It did. You're right. It, yeah. Well, technically it went one zero. I mean it went one zero Dallas and then all of a sudden Tampa won three straight. Yeah. So it, it, the Tampa yeah. jumped out straight. Like a, I don't want to say jumped straight out, but they. After game one, they took three straight, and it was kind of yeah. like, okay, we can see how this is going to go. Yeah, listen, I'm not really a hockey fan, but everything. Dallas made like a last-minute push in game five, made three three-two, went to game six, and then Tampa won. Yeah, everything that I saw. Yeah, was like, was yeah. I mean, that's what talking with Zach back at the house, previous to everything. I remember whenever we had him on with Hockey Talk way back when, like that was one of his favorites to win it all anyhow. And everything kind of played out, I guess, as is. You talking about when Zach went on a rant for about thirty minutes? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Way, yeah, I remember. I remember him saying that, and he had uh, the Avalanche, who he thought was going to come out. Said it was Dallas. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I mean, congratulations to the Lightning. Obviously, if you're a Lightning fan, exciting yeah. times. They won. I saw. I saw a Tampa Bay guy that I know, like he's all Tampa Bay sports. I'm, he, I'm pretty sure he was from there. Or he it was he's a military brand. I think he just claims Tampa Bay. Um, he was talking about he was talking about how the Lightning are bringing the first of the three championship trophies to Tampa Bay this year. Okay, yeah. I mean, listen, that's a ballsy statement, but he may not be wrong. I mean, the the Rays are literally number one in the MLB as far as record go. A lot of hype about them as far as a team that can 
can produce. And uh, and then, you know, Tom Brady is the quarterback of the football team, and everybody thinks Tom Brady's the world. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bold statement, but it actually has a possibility behind it. Not saying it's happening, but so, there's a possibility. So you're saying there's a chance. That's exactly what Tampa fans need to be acting like. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> because, yeah. Then there might be a there might be a small chance about it, but oh well, well there you go. We covered hockey real quick, like <laughs> we did cover hockey. While we're at it, you want to cover the next quickest quickest thing: Lakers Heat. You want to take any predictions? Um, Lakers in six. That's what I said. That's what I'm Lakers in six. Just because I don't like them, I'm gonna say Lakers in seven. Okay. okay. Just I, I I think just because there's all much so much shit talking and whatever, and I think the Heat are gonna be able to just I don't know, I really don't know. I think there's some uh, there's some obviously some bad blood. I think the Heat just might be able to force a game seven just for the hell of it. Yeah, I think there's some black, bad blood still between Miami fans, you know, myself and LeBron James, and uh, you know, promising what? Yeah, six, seven championships and bailing out the two. Exactly. Um, so you, you know, like bailing out the two? He bailed out four, but yeah, he 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 won two. Played in four. That's what I'm saying. He played his four-year championship. He played his four-year contract. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you know, if you're a true Miami Heat fan, there's still a little bit bad blood there. So you definitely want to see Miami take a chance. But I mean, don't get me wrong. This Lakers team is super talented, and, and they're built for championships. I mean, and this might be one of the best Lakers teams to play in a finals. I, I think the oh now like the oh seven oh eight oh nine Lakers teams would drag this Lakers team to be honest with you, but. Well, that was a but, different brand of basketball back then, too. But right now, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think Lakers taking the six. I think Miami – it's a true Miami Heat fan. I have to be honest with the world. I think the Lakers – I think we get two against the Lakers, and, and then the Lakers take it to six. Could see seven, but I do think the Lakers end up taking it. But no no sweep, huh? No, definitely not. You no, said, no. I mean, Miami's no. got to win at least one. And I'm saying, like, there's two – I think Miami could take two, two. Two of any possible one at least. I don't see a sweep. By no means. I think I think Miami's a little. I think Miami's a little underrated. I think people don't give Miami enough respect in in the sense and uh, and you know there's a lot of talented players on Miami and I think that's the difference is you know the, the Lakers are driven by two superstars where Miami's driven by seven decent players and yeah. one, maybe one quality one star all, one all star yeah with Jimmy Butler yeah, yeah one all star while the other guys are. Not terrible by no means yeah. but you know or did Bam make all star team this nah, year? Yeah. Was but, that last year? Well, he definitely didn't make it last year. Really no, I'm sure Ben made a. He might have made it this year. Made an All Star last year this year. He so you had two. You had two essentially All Stars on my team this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. Will Gear Bear join us? So thank you for uh, thank you for joining the chat. If you figure out how to, I think you just click the uh, call in button and we'll we'll get you in on here. So our technician might be a little distracted right now. He might be playing a game of Among Us. No, I'm not. But <laughs> Garrett's called in. He should not. He should not be able to navigate himself here. But yeah. So. Either way, so like you're saying, uh, Heat and six. Alex is saying seven, just cause. Just cause I want. I want to see LeBron and them suffer to make it seven. But we games. all do agree that this is the year. Probably LA. The Lakers are gonna win it. Okay. Now joining us, it should be Garrett Cutter. Oh, got the boo. <laughs> What's up, man? How you doing, What's up, gentlemen? Is there too much background on my no uh, on my end? Too much background noise? No, you're fine. You're fine. Okay. They're a little static, but you're fine. Okay, good deal. How's it going, fellas? Doing well. Doing well. We were just making our uh, NBA Finals predictions right before the game started, which it might have already started at eight uh, eight o five. But um, 
Heat or Lakers and, uh, and how many games? Heat or Lakers and how many games? I think it's going to be Lakers and seven. Okay. Joining the uh, joining the Alex Jumper train over here, and I like it. Yeah, they don't kick off till nine. Sorry, they're out. Yeah, uh, but well, they're see, in the bubble. See, Garrett probably used like actual basketball analysis to come to that point. I just chose <laughs> seven, so I want to see LeBron suffer through seven. I think it's going to be a, a battle the entire time. I mean, I, I heard a little bit of what you guys were saying earlier, and, uh, and I agree. I just. It's going to depend if all of Miami's weapons are are firing at the same time. Yeah, exactly. So, because I mean, what do you got? Uh, Tyler Hero down there who's playing out of his mind right now. David. Out of his mind. Duncan, yeah. Duncan Robinson. Duncan playing. Robinson, Gordon Drogic, uh, Bam, yeah. obviously, Jimmy Butler, um, you know, Chris Dunn, um, or Chris Nunn and. I mean, you know, Andre Iguodala is playing. He's more so of a de- defensive role. He's, he's not even really taking more than four shots a game. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Tyler Hero. But, uh, but like, but of those names right there, like we said, two all stars. Other than that, who? Everybody. Well, Tyler, everybody. Tyler Hero would be Tyler Hero would be an all star if you went on bubble like performances. Yeah, from the moment they got into the Disney World. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's a future all star for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I think he, my he's made, he has made a splash this year to where his name will be in contention for making an All Star last year next year. Yeah, depending oh, on sure. how he plays. For yeah, sure. I, I think even like like in the in the future, I think that's what Miami's kind of going to build the team around. It's going to be Tom Hero, Jimmy Butler, Bam. You know, I mean, that's kind of what it's going to be. Yeah. But then, like you said, we got Lakers with. With with AD with LeBron, Did everybody take up. Lakers. Yeah, 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 we all took Lakers. Just a matter of either six or seven games. And then I'll. I'll Davis. Listen, when you're a fan of a team that you don't expect, I mean, like when you're a fan of a team that, and you don't expect the team to actually be playing for a championship this year, like you're not expecting this, then I mean, it feels great. We're in the NBA Finals right now. Uh, we got a shot to win it, but uh, but you know at the same time, I mean, I, I I have to be honest. The Eastern Conference is a little bit easier to get through than the Western Conference. Obviously, you don't have the Russell Westbrook and and James Harden kind of combo on the East. You got the at the most you have the Boston Celtics team that we went through pretty handily. Yeah. I got I gotta say, um, but I mean, there's listen. Miami's got a chance. You take the court seven times, and all you well, gotta I mean, do is win four to seven. But I guess. Did, did they end up playing um, either Philly? We played Milwaukee before, before Boston. <laughs> yeah, Philly was out in the first round. Yeah, so, I mean, so. you had three of your powerhouses gone. Yeah. Well, I mean, two of your powerhouses gone in the first round, and then Boston, who was probably the next favorite. Well, just, I mean, just like the Lakers went through two of the best teams in the West, and the Clippers and the Rockets, we went through the two best teams in the East, in Milwaukee and Boston. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, it's, we'll see. We'll see. I, I do agree with both Garrett and Alex and, and yourself and I. I. I think it's going to be six or seven games. I don't think people are saying this is going to be a sweep just because they look at the Lakers and think that because they have AD and LeBron, they're just going to sweep Miami. I just no. do not see that happening. No. Miami's grabbing at least two of these games. So. For, oh, yeah. All right, well, uh, that cover we covered NHL and NBA in a matter of hopefully about 10 or 12 minutes because we are going to run a little uh, 
a shorter show tonight as we talk about 830 to 10 probably because we do have the event from Hazelwood coming up on Friday. Uh, hopefully everybody's, you know, willing and wanting to come hang out with us and let us do. They have 10 beers on tap, so we'll have at least a two-hour show ahead of us and oh, a yeah. small interview with Matt uh, somewhere within that show. But um, Matt, the owner and head brewer, we were, you know, chatting today, kind of working out the logistics of it. Nice guy. And um, they're getting ready to celebrate their one-year anniversary coming up in November, too. So we're excited to be a, a part of the pre-celebrations for that. But um so let's get into the first beer. Do you want yours to go first or this one to go first? Oh, uh, yeah. I'll throw mine out there first. Okay. okay. Alex uh, brought a beer with blue coloring on it. No, I can, I can introduce it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't got to guess what it is. It's a blue head. And... So it's, uh, it's from Victory Brewing, um, Downington, Pennsylvania. Taste Victory responsibly and please recycle. Uh, it's the Sour Monkey. It's a Sour Triple. It's 9.5%. Uh, I think it's a really good triple, beer. Triple IPA? No, it's just a Sour Triple is what oh, it says. But it's called Sour Monkey. It's got a monkey on with like a green tongue. So he's covering his eyes and slightly peeking through. So but anyways. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for like Will kicking the side of the jaw of Sour It says monkey. tastefully tart mystical flavors. Fruity notes then in. Fruity notes from imported Belgian yeast swirl through a precise souring. Pucker up to a bite of citrus-laden tang, ending with a delectable experience. It's a Pilsner. Yeah. And it's got the Brewmaster's approval on it. It's got his little signature. All right, this is Victory, which is in Charlotte, right? No, no Downingston, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know why I call Victory. We've done a Victory beer before, huh? I don't think we have. No. I'm, either we talked about one. I thought we did one in the bottom. Uh, yeah, because I bought it from home. We did. We've done at least one victory. Uh, maybe doing the same one. No, we definitely ain't doing the same one. It was. It was like in a casual can. It was almost in a like a New Belgian looking looking bottle. With a Alex beer. It's not. A, it's not an IPA. It's just. It's a good sour. Oh boy, I think it's really good. So we get that tart and make a side, make like that little That's jaw pucker up. Oh yeah, Alex, do you prefer a sour? Uh, prefer sours or IPAs. Yeah, I'm more of an extreme flavor kind of beer. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. That is sour, ain't it, bro? That's exactly what you were just asking for. Forearms, by the way. Okay. <laughs> I mean, oh, he does. He does have forearms. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if the green is sour or radiate radiation. Like it's a radioactive. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. So if you uh, if you guys don't, make sure you follow us on Instagram. We always post the uh, the beers the day after from our episodes with our scores on it, so you can check out uh, not only you know what our scores were, but what the beers look like and the logos and the cans that we talk about. That's so, got really good flavor. It, it is pretty fun good. And then that said, you know, this isn't bad. This isn't bad. It's really sour though, but it's also <laughs> nine point five. I am, yeah. I'm okay with this. Yeah, I am okay with this, and I'm not a big fan of sours typically, but I am fine with this. They also have another of the monkey. It's called Golden Monkey, and it's like a golden wheat ale. But it's still nine point five. Oh, that. No, that one's good. They they uh they have it at Jake's on tap at Jake's, and that's what I'll get when I'm at Jake's. How often do you go at Jake's? 
I've been once in probably the last six months. Well, yeah, coronavirus going on, but <laughs> yeah, but before that, once every six months. <laughs> <laughs> when I happened to be there twice a year, I would get this beer. Oh, who is you know? Al, or Garrett asked you, um, you know, what kind of beers you're into, like if you're a sour guy or whatnot. And, you know, you're a, definitely a sour IPA, and I'm kind of more like a, a Rattler, Hefeweizen, and Sour kind of combo. Like, who is more of the, I just want a domestic Bud Light guy between Adam and Austin? Austin. Ooh. I, would, I would probably say Austin. I would say, I would say Austin. I never see him drinking anything other than that. <laughs> Austin's not a fan of craft beers, and he's, he's told me at least multiple occasions he's not a fan of them. Yeah, like he'll he don't mind drinking them, but like if he had his choice, he'd go get him some bush latte. He, yeah, he'd rather stick to a domestic <laughs> a domestic beer. Oh, man. if he had his choice, yeah, I, th- I think that's right. I think that's probably right. Adam, what so what type of beers do you like, Adam? Because you're you're kind of a very simple, easygoing type of beer kind of guy, in my feel. Um, like in the craft world, or just in general? Like in in, in our in our set, like what we do for our podcast, like. You know, what types of beers do you... Um, do? I guess, like, the, <laughs> the wheat, the the wheat, or, like, the pale ale, like, it's got a little cake, but not, you know, nothing too terrible, but the, um, depending on the sour, like, this one is very good. Like, this is, this is very good to me, and a few of the other flavored ones we've done, like, the peach ones weren't bad, um... But I guess you know, something's got some decent flavor to it, but, you know, is more of a lighter craft beer, Pilsner, stuff like that. Six, not too heavy on your on your stomach when you drink it. Something you can feel like you can drink three or four of them and, and not feel like you're bloated at the end of it. Yeah, so lighter, crisper, cleaner beers. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't, I didn't mind, like, the, like the brown ales or the – the salty caramel brown and the chocolate brown that we had at uh, Swamp Cabbage, those are dog. They just didn't sit heavy, which is what I liked about them. Yeah, yeah I like – I like. it all depends on the mood, too, and, like, the setting. Yeah, um, that's true. Like, yeah, like a, like, a, a porter like or a stout, like, I couldn't drink that at springtime. So, kind of like, when we're going up to Asheville in this upcoming, you know, Halloween weekend, you know, sitting on the back porch of a mountain house when it's cold, like, I'm very much influenced on like by that, by the environment and that situation on the beer. I want, I wouldn't mind having like a dark, heavy, like winter beer because I'm not going to drink multiple of them, but it just kind of fits the environment I'm in. But yeah, I said, but I mean, do you, but I, most of the time I would prefer something that doesn't make me feel bloated and feel like I've gained 35 pounds yeah, somehow. So that, that porter or stout or that you're looking for, is that, you're saying is a more of a sipping beer or something you can. Yeah. It's more of a sipping beer. Longer, longer run. Yeah. yeah, and that's something you're looking to put, like I said, four or five, six. And I've also down. never really been able to get into, like, wheat beers for whatever reason. I just – I don't know why. I'm not a fan. But, yeah, like the Blue Moons or the Shock Tops. Not I like, a fan. Oh, yeah, big fan of those. Not a fan? Did I hear a not a fan out of G-Rod on the uh, Shock yeah, Tops? Not a, not a fan. Mm. What about – what? Two of, my, two of my favorite in the – what I would classify as domestic crafts. Is you know, yeah, just the cat. Those are casual craft. Yeah, you know, uh, people. I was gonna say I would rephrase from domestic because most of our craft beers are domestic, but casual craft or yeah, mainstream craft beers. Um, 
What's a white zombie considered? That's a Belgian, I think. No, it's a yeah. I'm pretty I'm sure that's a look it up. Look it up. Yeah, or or like you said, the Heppenweizen, the, that style beer, beers aren't bad either. Yeah, that's probably, again. Something. So did you see the new beer that Blue Moon's coming out with? No. It's Is called it? Light Sky. Yeah, it's like a light version of their... So yeah, it's the Blue Moon Light, essentially. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you would love the, uh, the sour that we got going on uh, from uh, Victory. It's, this uh, is... You know who would... Uh, uh, I think Stacy would like that too because he said he's like little sour beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a fan of sours. Yeah, sours. I think sour. I think a lot of people like sours and you don't realize you. it. This doesn't overpower you. I don't think as far as sour, like you get it, but it's not. It doesn't like once you drink it, it sits on you. Once you drink, it kind of dissipates. Yeah, you're not like you don't have like the after effects of like yeah. your tongue and like but it, but jaw still you, being locked up. But when you do drink it, you do get that effect. And then, yeah, like I, for me, with my sour, it's always like at the bottom corners of my jaw. Yeah, yeah. In the back, like just that muscle side, tightens up. The side of the tongue. Yeah, and it's like with that beer, when you take that first big sip of it, sip of it, you get that. You feel like your jaw and everything kind of locks up, and like you get that pucker effect. Yeah, but yeah. then it goes away. Yeah, real quick. So Belgian winter beer is the style of beer that a uh, white zombie is. Okay, and so see, and that, I'm that's, big, that's one. There you go. That makes sense. Yeah, that's one of my favorite styles of beer. And see, I'm a big white zombie fan. Yeah. yeah. And I always have been. Did you finish it? Mm-mm. All right, so we got, what's the name of it, Adam? It's Victory Sour Monkey. Victory Sour Monkey. So yep. we do need to get some scores on it. All right, Alex, you go ahead. You first. He's clapping his legs, chattering the data. I would honestly put this on nine flat because Ooh. I like it. It's wow. a good beer. I could drink it. It's also with it being 9.5 ABV. Like, if it wasn't all the way in Pennsylvania, you'd go out of your way to go get this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I would, you know, make the trip up to Harbison to go to Total Wine to get it, make, you know, even further than that. So that's like, a long drive. Like, the brewery was in like a Charlotte or an Asheville. Yeah. It would, it would be on my, like, my list to constantly keep like going to, especially if it was like somewhere in like the coast. I'd be yeah. like, yeah, let's, let's go hit that up, hit the beach, hit Victory up. All right, so I got to look back at it, but I want to say that's probably the highest score you've given since the Christmas cookie from Sycamore. No, the uh, beer from Swamp Cabbage. The uh, no, 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 no. That, that I mean, I'm counting these as the impersonal ones. So uh, okay. Um, like if that was on tap, you might give that like a nine three probably. That beer is probably really good on tap. I want to yeah. try it on tap. Like actually, yeah. So for me, for me, this is a eight one. Mm. I really like this beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it an eight flat because I'm actually I'm actually with you. I think it's in the it's, it, it create for me. It gets to the category of you go out of your way, but you know I drive yeah I drive across to the other side of Columbia. This is probably the first beer that like if we go to Victory, that's this is probably the first beer that I'm gonna have in the in the trying phases, but. Also, it's like I say, if this was on tap at like Jake's or something, and I knew about it, I would get it. Yeah, consistently. Yeah, you'd make a point that have yeah. at least a glass of something yeah. uh, of it. It's gonna be it's gonna be a beer that I'm definitely gonna try at the brewery, and it's gonna be something that I'm probably going for first if we're there. So, pretty good scores all around for that one. So, um, all right, let's jump into. 
the baseball talk we were talking about. So we, we meant to do it last week, didn't get around to it on the show. We've been trying to do um, some shorter shows from, you know, maybe 8.30 to 9.30 or 10 o'clock so that we're not running as long so that everybody can hang on with us. But uh, playoff baseball started yesterday, technically, and uh, there's only been one team technically eliminated. So Or two teams, sorry, two teams have already been technically eliminated. So baby. They have a beat Toronto, and um, Houston has already eliminated uh, the Twins as well. So um, I had the full list in front of us, so I can go down for it. But uh, basically, I guess let's just do let's do the NL team and the AL team in the World Series, and then probably who you who you think. So um, out of the AL is yeah, I don't. I really would like to see San Diego. But it, it's got to be the Dodgers again. <laughs> as much as I hate to say that, it's got to be the Dodgers, I think, out of the NL. And for the AL, um, I don't know. I, I I think it's a toss-up maybe between – I like the A's. And um, I like the Indians, but they didn't look great yesterday. But I thought, like, in this regular season 60 games, I thought they played very well. So if they can figure it out in, amongst the Yankees, I'd probably say the A's in Cleveland or my two favorites out of the, the AL. AL. Okay. You want to take any, any guesses but, on? But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say the A's. I think Tampa Bay loses in the ALCS. Okay. I'm going to take the A's in the World Series, Dodgers in the World Series, and – Gonna go ahead and give me give me the Dodgers. You want the Dodgers? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna say the Dodgers versus the A's. Oh, Dodgers oh, on top. All right. All right. Did you mention that Houston's already won theirs too? Yeah, yeah. So okay. Houston has beaten the Twins. They've already advanced, and Tampa has also beaten Toronto already. Can we before we get like really, Chris, you make your prediction. I'm gonna go be back in one second. I've got a I've got a story I want to kind of complain about how the MLB just kind of botched a game today. Okay. Okay. Also we got some news from the NTA and you and I talked about this past weekend and we're going to have to we're gonna have to call the NTA out a little bit but um let's see i i'm going to go predictable on the you know what i'm not going to go predictable i'm just going to go i'm just going to go with a little wild card so i want to i what i want to see what i think is possible because these two teams have the pitching staff and the ability to do it i want to call cardinals and white Sox as the two teams in the world series Okay. Yeah, Cardinals and White Sox. Both both teams have the pitching staff to get them through multiple games and have enough hitting to get them there. White Sox actually are really, really, really talented team. Just in that AL Central, there's a lot. You know, you got Cleveland, you got the White Sox. um, You know, you got a couple of different good teams that were Minnesota Twins. All so three teams came out of the AL Central, all pretty talented teams. You know, so they took. Did they take? So Cleveland, Cleveland won the division, and then, and then, then White Sox, then Minnesota. And they took wild card one and two? Ye- no. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. did. Yeah, they, did. They, so, took, they only took the four winners of each division. And then they took the three, they took the top two teams from each division, which was which would have been just naturally Cleveland and Chicago White Sox, but Minnesota won the top wild card position as well. How many, uh, there's three divisions. There's three divisions on each conference of, of baseball. There's yeah. AL and but there's, only, there's only eight teams, right? Mm-hmm. 
So if you get if you get the first two of every division, you get six, and then you got two free wild card spots. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and that's that's where two of them came from in the AO. Was well, sorry, one of them came from in the AO, which was the Twins. So you had the Twins and wild card one, and who one was it the one wild card two in that series? The Yankees. It would be. Who's Tampa Bay playing? Yeah, the Yankees did. No, no, Toronto okay. did. Sorry, Toronto okay. won the other one. Because Tampa was Tampa was the top seed, they won their division. Yankees were two, and then Toronto was third. So yeah, I mean that's I, I just say I think the White Sox are a really talented team. I think the Cardinals, both of those teams have the pitching staff and the hitting to get through it. But I mean, if, if we're going to play script by the book, it's going to be the Dodgers, and it's probably going to be probably what you guys said. It would probably be the Dodgers and either Tampa or it'd be the Dodgers and A's. So probably probably where you guys would say. Yeah. But but we all really know that the Braves are going to win it all. Yeah, we, we hope. Right? We hope. So. <laughs> game one, we don't have the hitting to do it. I can tell you that. Or the pitching hit the right now. Not so, that we don't use half our rotation. We're, we're not good until until we come back. I give them credit. They only pitched, you know, they only pitched the important people for basically one inning. So, but good God, the league. I mean, MLB record for strikeouts in a game. MLB record for consecutive innings without a run scored. Um, it was a big stressful game. Oh my God. <laughs> See, like, I know, like, people say, like, you know, straight up defensive games in baseball are boring to watch. It's like, yeah, I'll, I wouldn't mind when, you know, watching your team drop, you know, 13 on the other. It's cool. It's fun. But when your team is 0 0 all the way into the 13th inning, like, every yeah. swing of the bat, you're like going, huh? Like, it just, it's just, it's yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. what's best. That's the best part of offensive baseball just, is the suspense, but, the drama, yeah. and your anxiety just goes out the roof because, like, literally yeah. every swing of the bat, you're like, "This could be it." Because if it's well, if it's nothing, nothing in like the seventh, you're like, oh, "Okay, somebody catch one." But if it's nothing, nothing in like the tenth, eleventh, and so on, you're like, "Yeah, one swing of the bat can win you the game." And this yeah, and it's it's ridiculous because then you get you're going through the lineup so many times, so many times, and like. You've got like such big hitters on each team. They're like striking out, popping out, doing something crazy. Yeah. yeah. And then somebody finally gets on base, and then you've got one of your best hitters get up there, and then something crazy happens, and you're you're moving to another inning scoreless. You're just like, oh man, because what we it was bottom the thirteenth, right? When Freddie finally got his yeah walk off thirteenth. Our uh, our fourth bro is asking you to answer his phone in call. (laughs) No, he's not important. (laughs) <laughs> okay Austin is now um, connected I just want to tell y'all that I called that shit um, you called the funny walk off no I called the fucking disappearing of Atlanta's bats in the playoffs did you get it in writing I literally <laughs> said on this podcast I said the Braves won't make it out of the first series because when playoff comes we rely too much on the long ball, and we're not going to be able to score runs. And uh, damn it, if we didn't score runs. Can you reference the episode? I do remember him talking about it. I know he did. I'm just giving him a hard time Because right we were talking was that, about was that teams. Our, was that in our calling, or were you still live? No, we need episode number, minute, and second tagline. <laughs> yeah, we need a time signature. Yeah. yeah. I'll go find it. I mean, it, it was recent. Austin's going to actually go find it now. So <laughs> it was that's going to be the funny thing. No, he won't because it's one of the episodes we're missing. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I also think you're dumb for taking the athletics, both of y'all. 
Okay, who are you? All right, give us your two then. If you're not banking on the Yankees right now, then you're you're really dumb. Oh, because Garrett Cole threw one great game. Yeah, because they have Garrett Cole. They had the best pitcher in the game. So, so speaking speaking of the Yankees, that's what I want to talk about with the MLB botching the game today. They delayed the Cleveland Yankees' first pitch by 15 minutes because there was a storm coming, okay? 50, 50, 50, 5-0 minutes. During that entire 50-minute stretch, not a single drop of rain fell. Oh, no man. wind, nothing. So they finally throw the first pitch. Goes to the top of the first, perfectly fine. As soon as the Yankees pitcher, Tanaka, like, steps on the mound, 20 to 30-mile-an-hour winds just fucking pouring rain. Can't even get to the bottom of the first and have to call the tarp people out. Put the tarp back over it, and then they go into a second rain delay. And, like, all the announcers and everybody's, like, just completely harping on the MLB and the all the players and the coaches, the coaches involved, stuff like that, or the managers involved, because they delayed a game for 15 minutes when there was no bad weather in the area. They were worried about the storm that was on the way. So they inevitably delayed the game to the point of where they're not playing in the storm instead of getting it started before the storm showed up. Dumb. Absolutely dumb. Very dumb. And I, I mean, at this point, you probably – I don't know what the storm's been like or what it's been like since, but, I mean, at this point, just, just call the game. Let's run until tomorrow. Or, you know, play a doubleheader. Take it was one, it's one of those where, like, you can hear and, like, you can hear the wind and the rain hitting, like, the microphones in the camera. You hear, like, that just distinct sound. Oh, yeah. Like, that's how bad it was. Fat drops of rain. Fat drops of rain coming in at, like, 20 miles an hour. Dude, it was bad. Yeah. I forget. I forget the name of the announcement. He he literally just kept harping on the MLB. He's like, "This remember this game was delayed 15 minutes is, for uh, no severe weather." Is uh no more Garcia Flores still announcing for the MLB? You mean losing World Series? I don't know. Well, <laughs> I, I, have no idea. I honestly have no idea. Alex Rodriguez did the Braves game today, and Alex and I were talking about it. Alex Rodriguez is doing the Yankees game as well. Is he? Okay. Yeah, okay. It's him and uh, who else? Now, who was the? Main caller. It wasn't Joe Buck. I know that. The uh, the one, the other guy that did the Braves game. He's like that. He's the voice you hear on MLB the show. He's like they're one of their number one guys. He's like that distinct announcer. Welcome to the show. Maybe I don't know. I haven't played MLB the show since. Which it's been a minute, have? dude. A Rod. I've had a, I've had a lot of them. Two thousand nine, two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. What's the latest one you have? I have, well, I have two thousand nineteen or seventeen. Okay. Any, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, A Rod was harping on a snicker for the uh, Braves because it was the 11th and 12th or the 10th and 11th. I can't remember which two it was back to back. Get the leadoff man on first. No outs. Oh no! It was the 10th and the 12th. We got no. It was back to back innings. It was, it was ninth and tenth. Ninth and tenth. Ninth and It was back to back innings. Oh. And A Rod kept talking. He was like, "Okay, play small ball here. Get a sack bunt down." Move the guy over to second. You've got one out, but a runner's in scoring position. In both innings, didn't even show bunt, didn't even look he was going to bunt. They were swinging away, and both guys hit into a fielder's choice where they took the out at second, and the guy was safe mm. at first. And A-Rod was literally, like, losing his mind. Well, it happened again later on in the game. They're like, hey, A-Rod, man on first, no outs. What's going to happen? He's like, swing for the fences, man. Just swing for the fences. Screw it all. He was like, screw technique. Just swing for the fences. Because <laughs> they were talking about it. I think in the bottom of the 13th, they were like, this is – this might have just been an extra inning. They're like, but this is the third time now 
And they were like, it happened in the 10th and the 12th where they got the leadoff man on with a hit. And true enough, who was um, Austin Riley also ended up getting a hit. So we now have first and second, no outs. Acuna's up to bat. Didn't show but bunt one time. Yeah, yeah. popped out on 3-0. That was like when you called No, no, right? no. This was bottom of 13. That didn't happen in bottom of 13. Oh. I mean, yeah. it's like – Yeah, he popped out on 3-0. Freddie did the leadoff next. Yeah. No, yeah, but we had runners. We had runners on the. No, it it ended up being loaded. Uh, bases loaded. No, it was runners on the corners. With one out. Oh no, yeah, he didn't do a fielder's choice. He didn't do a fielder's choice. Yeah. yeah. Either way, Acuna didn't even show bunt on. Well, it was like no also, outs, first and second. I can't remember which which inning it was. I think it was the twelfth. Um, we had Ozzy on first base, no outs. He didn't even try to steal. Well, you know, he had one stolen base this game. I know. Yeah, but he, it goes, this goes back to A-Rod. A-Rod was very vocal about what teams were doing wrong this game. He was like, the pitchers, you know, doing 1.4, 1.5 to get to home with all his speed. Obviously, surprised if he doesn't steal. And then Ozzy just sat there. Didn't even take, like, ma- major secondary leads, nothing. And then he finally moved on a wild pitch. Yeah, and com- completely just was safe, like, by a mile. Well, A-Rod's point was there was, there was zero small ball. Yeah, and then, yes, Bradley, they were saying, was moving slow to the plate. But yeah. he spiked the curveball, and that's what got Albies over to But at that point in time, we had already uh, – that another batter had already struck out or popped out. So, it was like – Ozzy was still in first, but with one out, and that was like he could have been in second, potentially moved to third on the wild pitch. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, because then – because Ozzy moved over, like I said, on the spike ball. And then – because I think it was a 2-2 count to whoever after that. Adam Duvall, and he struck out. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Think I'm a big fan of small ball. I'm a very big fan of small ball and technique. Like, I, think in, I think in the postseason it's super helpful. I mean, the, the biggest thing. Manufactured lines. The biggest thing is they talked about Atlanta in the regular season had one sacrifice bunt the entire season. So, I mean, you're asking you're asking a team that isn't typically doing small ball to do some small ball. But again, when you are freaking 19 strikeouts deep and haven't scored a run in 11 innings, you might as well try and do some small ball. And it's like, what, I think, was it Duvall that struck out four times today? Yes. Both Duvall and Riley struck out four times today. That's ridiculous. We won't. Riley didn't strike out. He struck out three. Uh, We won't play small ball this whole playoffs. Because you can't can't ask someone that hasn't bunted a a 95-mile-an-hour fastball to then do it in a pressure situation in the playoffs. I mean, at, but yes. at that level, but at that, but level, at that point in time, then that should fall on the manager for not having his guys doing that. Well, no, even at that level of play, though, I feel like I they should be, I should be able to lay down a bunt as an no. as a MLB baseball player. I understand it's 95, 97, 85 mile an hour coke. I should be able to lay down a bunt at no. this level of the game. They'll pop it up or they'll send it straight back to the pitcher. <laughs> And well, that's also like when you look at Freddie's game-winning hit. The um, the Reds did like a unique shift for Freddie, which most teams do a shift, a shift for Freddie because he's obviously a big pull hitter. But that goes like what Adam was just saying. As a professional baseball player, has been playing ball for over two decades. He has not figured out how to just poke one to left field. I, that's what kills me. But it's, it's, it is very hard to try and if you get say you're getting pitched inside, you can. It's hard to poke one to left field. On an inside pitch. See, but yeah, if, but if I'm getting pitched away from, I would assume at that level, yeah, I can take it the other way. Even see, if it's a half-hearted swing and it's just a poke over there. 
ain't nobody there to cover it. Yeah. See, what y'all don't realize is eight of your nine hitters in the MLB grow up and have spent their whole life batting three or four hole, being the person that has to drive in runs, being the person that has to hit long balls. And then you're trying to tell them in a pressure situation in the playoffs, throw all of that out and close up your front side, let the ball get a little deeper, and just poke the ball to the right side. And it's just like you can't change that much in a swing in the middle of a playoff game in a pressure situation. Yeah, but shouldn't that be something they're practicing or working on? Yeah, that's that's the big no. question, Austin. Is it sh- I mean, it no. should be something that's natural. So, Austin, you're saying that every decent hitter out there should just not even worry about practicing bunts? No. Or, or try to go opposite field? Because how many times are you going to have Ronald Acuna Jr. up and you're going to say, all right, I need you to bunt the ball right here? I don't think we're asking Ronald Acuna Jr. to bunt or even Freddie Freeman to bunt. Probably not even Marcelo Zuna to bunt. But the rest of the lineup who isn't hitting 40 – who wouldn't hit 40 home runs? Because I know for a fact Sw- Swanson was in one of those situations he didn't even show bunt. Didn't even look like he was going to bunt. He was in the situation twice and didn't bunt. And yeah. He's a 270 hitter. This is, not, you, this is a guy that's never had more than 13 homers in his career. I, I tell you, it's not more about bunting. It's more about situation uh, not being able to hit a – not being able to watch or hit a slider because you're talking about Duvall had four strikeouts, Dansby had three strikeouts, Austin Riley had three strikeouts. Every, every person in the lineup except for Ozzie Albies and Freddie Freeman struck out twice or more. 21 total strikeouts. Yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. I think yeah. we had like five hits the entire game. We had like six, I think. Um, but the, the the main thing you saw, and Trevor Bauer had 12 Ks because of this, Duvall can't hit a slider away. Riley can't hit a slider away. Dansby can't hit a slider away. Azuna definitely hits the best fastball, best fastball hitter in the league, can't hit a slider away. And he also swings at the first pitch, no matter what it is. Every single time. Every yeah. single time today. All four at bat. He's a first pitch swinging full. <laughs> and why I don't believe in the Braves moving forward is their inability to say, I'm not going to try to hit the ball out of the ballpark. <laughs> I'm going to try to shorten up and hit something up the middle. And that's just not the Braves. That's not how we're coached. That's not how we've really ever been coached. And – it's what's going to kill this team is not being able to just shorten up and poke a ball and play and move runners. Playing small ball. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't have to bunt. You don't have to bunt. I mean, hitting runs, hitting behind runners. They didn't even try that, though. They didn't even try hitting runs. I'm telling you, what, all of our base runners that got on took the smallest secondary leads – and didn't move unless the yep. ball was hit or went wild. Well, you, I mean, as is as the team that scored the second most runs in all of baseball in the regular season, uh, led the entire MLB in OPS. Like, as a, that's probably why they didn't be aggressive on the base pass today. As the as the beginning part of the game goes on, because they have enough confidence in themselves to score that four to five six runs and win the ball game that way, especially with the way our pitching staff was throwing today. But and I, I get that. In the late innings, I agree. You probably need to be a little more aggressive. On after, after the ninth inning, it's it's. I think my, my my mindset as a manager would be go away from, okay, just swing away. But I would be like more of a, 
all right, let's try to do a hit and run here. Let's try to do sacrifice. Let's do something. Like, you've got to give the guys more directions and try to be a little bit more aggressive because 13 innings of zero to zero, you've got to do yeah, something. You've got to change something. You've yeah. got to do something. Yeah, yeah, but if a guy gets picked off, I'll try to do a hit and run or something. But no, like here, that. especially especially what Chris is saying, like, if you're the Braves batting in the bottom of the inning, if you get risky and you don't score, you didn't lose. Yeah, you have. I mean, you still got another bat. You've got to guarantee another at bat. So yeah, after in extra innings, yeah, be a little more ballsy, be a little more aggressive, maybe on the base pass, like you're saying. But anyway, it is what so, it is. They got they got the win. So we're gonna have home field advantage again tomorrow. We're gonna we'll be the away team. We'll be the away team. It's kind of no, like we're gonna be the home team. The Twins were the home team today against the Astros. They got to bat in the bottom nine. <coughs> then, yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, I thought I thought the way I read it was that you would be at home, but you would be the away team in game two. Yeah, just I like, mean, that's, that's just like how college it baseball be. does. Yeah, just like college baseball does in um, in the regionals. Like if you lose your in the in the decisive game, you're not. Uh, you know, whatever team is is the one loss team when you go into Sundays, you're the away team. And then yeah. if you win the game, you're the home team. No, yeah, Austin's right. According to ESPN, the Braves are gonna be the home team all three games. If it goes that way. Who with me? That's what I that's what you win your division for, baby. Yep. I get what you think. Who who you got in the in the World Series and the win? To be honest with you, I haven't watched baseball even before the pandemic, so. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I'm, I'm kind of deferring to you guys on this conversation. That's why I've been quiet this whole time. <laughs> now, you early, earlier, y'all mentioned the the, uh, the Astros. Did you say they got eliminated or they haven't been eliminated? No, they they actually – they got in as the last team in the, a, a, uh, the AL side of it. They were the wild card two, so they technically they were the eighth seed in the AL side of it. And right. they went to went to Minnesota and won no, both games. Was, so my uh, question is is after the controversy, what happens to the baseball world if the Houston Astros win the Wait whole thing on. this year? Oh my god! How you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> the kid that lives in Houston. <laughs> I love it, dude. Now he's an adopted Astros fan. He he's gonna want the Astros to win it. But if they if they actually win it, like Garrett says. I think that'd be like the, the Houston organization looking to the world and being like, "What are you going to say now?" Yeah, so, we yeah. still don't, we don't even need to cheat to beat y'all. So, so the whole thing with the Astros is like they haven't been there. They haven't been themselves, and everyone's blaming. Yeah, because they didn't know. Haven't been themselves. What does that mean? <laughs> no, they haven't. <laughs> like they're not playing. They're not playing like fun. They don't have a drum. <laughs> But they don't it's, have a, it's kind of hard to march when you don't have drums to march off of. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to hit if you don't have a drum telling you it's a fastball coming up high. Like, they don't have their swagger. They don't look like they're happy playing. They're just out there. Like, they got thrown out a lot. Like, they're getting blasted in the media constantly. And then you yeah, watch sure it's a lot of pressure. I'm sure it's a yeah. lot of weight on their shoulders, and they did it to themselves. But then you it's watch them in these two. They got caught. <laughs> and now they're like. You go watch ahead, them in these two playoff games, and they go down like 1-0 in game one, and they tie it up like 1-1. And then it just kind of feels like they flipped a switch, and they get two big base hits, like top eight, 
And then Michael Brantley finds a gap, scores two, they win 3-2. And then today they go up one nothing, and the Twins tie it back. Twins load up the bases. Astros get out of it. Next inning, Correa bomb. Goes up 2-1, adds an insurance run in the night. And then they're all, like, smiling, having fun, jumping around, dapping each other up. And it's like, holy shit, are the Astros back? Granted, they don't have Justin Verlander, their best pitcher. So that brings complications for next round. But, like, they look like they're having fun again. And I'm just saying with all the postseason experience, don't let them get hot. Better play by uh, play by play analyst Austin Williams or Joe Buck. Uh, probably Austin. Honestly, I can't stand. I cannot stand Joe Buck. And I really, I really don't care how it turns out for Houston. I think the whole organization should have just been reamed by the MLB. Like, should have lost the championship. They should have lost players. They should have lost money. Did you want like they they legitimately ruined careers of other other pitchers? Did you want SMU? Yeah. Penalty kind of level stuff from the MLB. Not death penalty, but like major, what, major what, accountability. The there punishment was no they received. Form what was it? Punishment. What was the punishment? It was it was money and money and draft pick related, which I, I said, think is probably what you could do as far as it. Yeah, they got fined five million dollars as an yeah. organization. So no, there's there's still right, they still have work. at that point. That was it's chump. It's chump change after you won two championships and got all the merch and I mean, yeah, commercials yeah. on nine yard yeah. for it. So I mean, like, they legitimately ruined other players' careers because like what. You had, Bullpen player, bullpen guys come out and just get rocked because he he doesn't realize that his pitches are being signaled to the batters. All of a sudden, his ERA and everything just goes in the shitter, and all of a sudden he's the bottom bottom bullpen guy and can possibly get moved down to AAA. Like I, I think there's actually one. There's a handful of pitchers like there's these. Two, there's two guys that literally never pitched a day in the MLB since they faced the Astros. Yeah, like stuff like that. I, I think those people should sue the Astros. I'm being honest with you. I think they should sue the Astros. They, I think they honestly could have a civil lawsuit against the I'd Astros organization. Love I'd love to see it, and I'd love to see them win. So, I mean, yeah. I think they should. Everyone but, does it. What do you think it takes for the Houston yeah, Astros? Other than argument. time, what do you think it takes for them to earn back a shred of respect in the NBA? Uh, the Yankees, it, to come out, the, the Yankees have been doing this for 10 years. Because I, they're trying, they're trying to prove that the Red Sox also did it. Because Houston's assistant manager, yeah, it was the guy that created it. At Houston yeah. took it to Boston. Red Sox, they couldn't find any evidence of it there. So I mean, uh, you know, Olson says that everybody does it. And I, I hate I, that argument. I hate that everyone does it. If everybody did it, then I think more people would have gotten busted and more players would have come forward. And after the the Astros scandal, there would have been multiple scandals from other teams. Now, if, if everyone, if everyone if cheated anyone, like that. The Astros wouldn't have been the only team to be on fire those well, years. No, no, not on that. If everyone does it, why are you still seeing sub two ERAs? Yeah, like they, you you would have ER, you would have guys that like a good ERA would be three or four because because even though they know what's coming, it's still good enough to actually strike them out. Because of the sub, the people with the sub two ERAs are people that I could t- they could tell you what they're throwing and you're still not hitting it. I mean, you talk about like Kyle Hendricks and the Cubs that throws a ball that moves 16 inches every time he throws a pitch. But I mean, but like this, like the guys that I'm talking about aren't guys that are throwing 98, 99 that have this ridiculous movement. This is a guy who's throwing 93, which is average for, you know, starting MLB pitchers. And he's just hitting the spots and you're just not, you just can't touch it. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean that's, even, that's kind of to Austin's point. Then is what you're saying is, even, is that no matter. But if, if but it's not because he's gassing you at 99 and you're not touching it. Yeah, I mean, and it's, not because, and it's not because it has 14, you know, two foot of Blake on it. It's just I'm I'm good enough at my location that a Greg Maddox essentially I I can paint that corner every time if I want to, even at 93. You're not gonna swing because you think it's outside. And I'm yeah, but I think ball. I think if every team out there was getting some sort of signals on pitches and stuff like that, there'd be three guys in the league that were that were that good. Yeah, and then you would also see you would see like top five teams coming out each side like being very very good. It wouldn't be as kind of distance as it is that we are seeing or have been seeing for the past few years. You know, it's always been like one or two teams, and it hasn't been oh, it's one of these four. It's always been you know recently the Dodgers and then couple years ago was Astros like if everyone was doing it it wouldn't be dispersed with these standings as I think it is I agree to answer your question I mean I think the only other thing that would really help the Astros is that they have a pretty decent overhaul of player change like you yeah organizational wide change Correa and and Jose Altuve were on different teams and you know Justin Justin Verlander retires and and, yeah I mean that's naturally going to happen like time you know different players come out of the organization is going to change things I'm just saying is there something more immediate that's going to change people's perspective it it would be personnel it'd have to be personnel yeah yeah Yeah. like not unless the organization came out and like rescinded the World Series, like gave it back essentially. It was just like, no, we're gonna we're gonna forfeit Garrett, this Garrett, if they if they come out and win this year without their ace and in the postseason the team hits above two ninety. Yeah. That's that's what I was getting at. Do you think if they were to win yeah, absolutely that we, it changes players' perspectives and fans' perspective of Ab- yes. absolutely I mean, gonna, if they win this year. There's going to be some think maybe a little bit because yeah. what what they have dealt this year with their with their lack of pitching staff it would to win this year they would have to they would have to hit they would have to put up five six runs a game and like it would have to be all on that offense and if they hit 300 this year and they're scoring six runs a game mm-hmm. in the playoffs and you look at it and you you're like all right they did this without cheating like they still could have beat everyone without cheating. Yeah, I think that's the only way that you have an immediate impact where people are obviously forgiving the Astros or kind of stepping back. It's, it's the Astros actually – I mean, maybe they don't even have to win it. Maybe they just get all the way to the World Series this year and, and play well and take it to six or seven games or something like that. But, um, I mean, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. And you're going to have – you're still going to have plenty of people that are going to be out there and go, you know what, They, you know, let's check them again. Let's check them again. Let's see if they're not freaking cheating. Let's check the camera. Yeah. Let's check the stat. Like, right. there's going to be people that just straight up don't believe that they could get there without cheating. So, all right. We're trying to do a shorter stuff. We probably need to move on from the MLB stuff. But, uh, Austin, did you get predictions for your people in the World Series? Uh, Yankees. Uh, anyone but the Dodgers. <laughs> anyone but the Dodgers? Is that just a, a saying of I don't want the Dodgers or you just don't believe that the Dodgers are the one team that can actually make it from the NL side? I feel like the – I feel like the Braves have a decent chance, but um, I am not going to talk that into existence. 
hopefully the Marlins beat the Cubs because we can beat the Marlins. We can't beat the Cubs. Yeah, the Marlins uh, actually won game one, 5-1. So. Yeah. So, and I mean, uh, Cardinals beat Padres 7-5 or 7-4 today. I'll go I'll go Dodgers and Yankees, Yankees, and I think the Dodgers win it because it's a fucked up year. Tampa Bay won the play with Stanley Cup. So the team that can't win in the postseason wins in the postseason this year. So we're going Dodgers. Also, I like um, Austin's technique on a lot of this stuff. We're doing sports predictions. Because throughout the years I, that we've all known him, I always hear him say, "We're not. I'm not going to speak it into existence. Because what happens is he'll tell you a team's not going to make it far. And then when they do, he'll be like, called that shit. I just didn't want to jinx it. He's got like, that little fallback card. I feel like Austin plays that card a little bit. Hey, I would just want to say, and we can go back through the old podcast and find the start of the Stay in the Cup playoffs. Your boy did call the winner in Tampa. Who's your boy? Oh, me. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I With think the, every that, that was a de- that was a really good educated guess. I think no one did not no. say, see that coming. Really, wasn't the, wasn't the Tampa Bay Lightning the team not this past year, but the year before that like set the uh, NHL record for like wins and win percentage and stuff like that? Didn't they early win, like, in the season? Early in the season, the whole regular season, they, 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 they their win the loss was just outrageous. They were setting a record. Yeah. Or yeah, it was something mm-hmm. something completely astonishing, and they got swept in the first round. Oh man, I can't believe they won the Stanley Cup a year later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tampa. No, I said it on the podcast too. I said Tampa is always a good starter, and since you're restarting at the start of the playoffs, they're good at winning the first couple of games. They're going to win the Stanley Cup because they're going to start off hot. I mean, I give it to you. I give it to you. I'm, I'm certainly not going to sit here and argue and say that you didn't say that. Because truth be told, the only thing I remember from that episode was more so Zach going on for 30 minutes of in-depth analysis of every team and every player that I've never heard of. But, <laughs> um, but Zach, we appreciate you for being our NHL expert, I guess. You and Alex. So, um, yeah, Callie, we can talk about – we'll talk about the ribs and briskets. Why don't – well, that's what we'll trans- – that's how we'll transition. So, this past weekend, uh, if you didn't see our post on Instagram, obviously uh, Alex and I put some meat on the smoker ahead of the Carolina game on Saturday. Uh, we did a about 10-pound brisket and then uh, some really nice St. Louis-style ribs. Um, ribs, if we're being honest with each other, the ribs were probably better than the brisket. Yeah, I was going to say it no matter what. Yeah, so, I mean, the ribs – uh, the ribs were absolutely fantastic. Alex put a really nice dry rub together. Uh, we did a little S&P rub on. So we did, had three sets of ribs, S&P on one, Alex's rub on the other, and then just kind of this pre-made uh, Cajun Southern Styles, whatever, rub on the other. And uh, all three, I think, were excellent, though. Oh, yeah, really good. Wings turned out really good. It's great food, great times, great drinks. Oh, yeah. Not that good of football. All the way up till about 830. Yeah, I must say we had. I was up in the mountains for the weekend. We also made ribs for the game. Turned out very well. We used um, like you're saying, a little salt and pepper. Um, typically use I guess like mustard to kind of hold that rub on, but we didn't have any mustard, so we used some the Jim Beam barbecue sauce. Oh, I thought he was just gonna say Jim Beam. baby. Oh, uh, we we soaked we soaked our ribs in a Jim Jim Beam brine overnight. Um, yeah, it was really good. It, Drunken let's be honest, that's probably been done somewhere. Definitely, definitely. Someone's done it. Yes, that definitely happens in Texas. 
happens in Texas, somewhere in the Appalachian Mountains, somewhere. I'm sure it would probably be Jack Daniels if it happened in Texas, though. Like Jack yes. Daniels makes a lot of different types of barbecue rolls. It would be Jack Daniels for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like we said, not anything super exciting happening. I mean, I, I'll say this. I thought Carolina played better than I probably expected on offense, and they played worse than I expected on defense. Yeah, way better on the offensive side. Few mistakes by the quarterback. That The pick six literally changed the game. If that not had happened, I think we would have won the game. I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, the, the, the momentum swing and the, you know, the amount of points given up. I mean, uh, it's just like it, – it's frustrating because it's felt like for two years or three years now, South Carolina's offense has just not been good enough to produce enough points to win ball games. Mike Bobo comes in. We actually look pretty good on offense. We didn't run the same plays over and over and over again. We got the ball to Sha Smith. Mike's done, Mike, has, in his career, has always done a great job of getting the ball to the most talented players, which he did. And then our defense, defense and special teams, pretty much gave up the game for us. Yeah, that's that, that yeah. duff's punt at the end when it made me want to like strangle somebody. Yeah, the defense just looked like the same old defense every year. You run a slant play across the middle. I mean, quick passes, some off tap. Some inside the tackle runs, off tackle runs. Like, I mean, we literally just – it looked like the same defense over again. Ben don't break. And exactly. then we just – I was we confused with Austin's defensive analysis because he was running through the offensive plays. I was like <laughs> – No, but, like, that's, that's <laughs> the offensive plays that we get beat by every, every year. Every year under uh, Muschamp, it's the same quick passes, like – and it's just so we, we seem to, to like never want to stack the box. Yeah, it's so frustrating to watch. We never play pressure. They they never want to. It's funny because you, they it feels like they never want to press at the corner position. You talk about never want to stack the box, put seven or more people in the box, and it, they're always just so so afraid to get beat deep. So it's it's always like we're playing with two safeties high, at least one safety high, and another kind of as a dime walking into the box. But that just that part is just. Who's starting to call? <laughs> I am. <laughs> 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 you what, that ice cream or what? Not yeah. that ice cream machine. Will yeah, I'm, <laughs> definitely right now. I'm. Uh, I'm risking it. I'm trying to see if that ice cream machine. Did he go away? Did we lose him? Did we lose him, or did his phone just connect to like Bluetooth? I don't know. Yeah, Garrett. Yeah, Garrett's oh, gone. Yeah. Well, oh. Well. From the depths of hell, I just heard a little hello. <laughs> felt like I was in a scary movie, like a little child's about to reach out for her in bed and grab my leg or something. All right, he just ended the call. Yeah, I think he's gone. All right. <laughs> that man really is going to McDonald's trying to get some ice cream. Yeah, he really is. He's heading out to go get some ice cream. <laughs> I totally thought Austin was in the Zaxby's drive-thru again. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, dude, it was just it, – it's just frustrating. And if you think – Austin, what's your prediction? What's your predictions for this weekend against Florida? Boys, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, we got you, Gary. Yes, we better score seven – we better score 60 points. Interesting. they put a line out yet, Austin? No. I, well, let me check. I'm, I'm betting Florida about four touchdowns probably. It's probably at least a 28 score. I wonder what the over-under is. Uh, over under fifty seven. That's an over. And Florida minus eighteen. 
18. Okay. That's a little generous for us, I feel like. I would say the same thing. I think Florida beat, can win it by three touchdowns easy. But um, who knows? Who knows? It's in Florida. I mean, I'm scared. Bro, I, heard, I heard something on the radio that I want to address. And it was, it was talking about Clemson football. And they were recapping some, some sports, upcoming games, stuff like that. And it was the guy had the audacity to say something of, Clemson's going to try their hardest to keep the momentum going and continue the undefeated streak against Virginia this upcoming week. And I was like, they're going to try their hardest. What do they mean? They're not going to put in their fourth string in the third quarter? Yeah, like I was like, bro, this is Virginia. I mean, they may not cover, but the spread's probably four touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you are in any way, shape, or form worried about Virginia beating Clemson, I can go ahead and reassure you, no, I mean, yeah. If, you're, the, if, you're, if you want an investment, you put a hundred bucks on the money line and just take your ten dollars after that game closes. I mean, come on. It's the uh, tenth or third straight game in which Clemson is favored by thirty points or more. That's a hell of a schedule. Well, I mean, I hate to tell you, there's going to be probably eleven of the twelve games that way. Yeah, that's ridiculous. They can then you like you look at the SEC schedules and like, I think it's like a handful of SEC teams have five ranked opponents that they're playing because obviously everybody in the SEC, most of the powerhouses in the well the ACC is starting to get their rank wise now because you got Miami, Louisville, Pitt, yeah, Clemson, uh, North Carolina. So I went Notre Dame now technically because they're in the ACC. Virginia so. Tech. Yeah, Virginia Tech as well probably, but Notre Dame's overranked. It's super overranked. Uh, but I mean. Yeah, so like Halston said, Miami and Notre Dame will probably be the only two games where Clemson is favored by less than two touchdowns. The other 11, probably a guaranteed solid two touchdowns. Probably another three games where they're 30-point favorites. G-Rod, you you really get ice cream from McDonald's? No, I'm not. But I wanted to ask you, is it too much background noise? No, you're good. You're good. We were just really curious if I hit that hammer on the nail and you were actually getting ice cream from McDonald's. Because you know good and well that ice cream machine ain't working at 937 at night. I was saying before you guys lost me, I was like, you know what? I'm going to risk it. Tonight's the night. <laughs> if you, I mean, if you're going to get ice cream near your house, it's got to be rushes, man. No, I'm not going to get ice cream. I'm going to pick up the wife. From, She's from McDonald's? There. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Our shift in McDonald's. laughs> she was up there getting the ice cream. She was up there putting the ice cream machine back together. <laughs> hey, somebody call me COVID season. We got to get extra money where we can. <laughs> hey, oh, I, got a, I got a question for y'all. Um, we might have an answer. Who do you have in the suck bowl this Thursday night? <laughs> Denver and the Jets. And. Uh, the Cincinnati the Browns. <laughs> <And> Suck, <bull. laughs> Is anyone going to be watching this at all? I mean, because like, there's no fantasy options in it. Hey, except, except maybe a running back and maybe a tight end on Denver. I say, what's up at the Jets? Anything? Le'Veon Bell? No, no he's oh, still on IR. Oh, no. Frank Gore. Frank Gore. <laughs> Playing Gore. Oh, old man Gore still up there? Oh, God. Hey, his son might make the league before he retires. His son will make the league before he retires. You, you oh, may have. God, 
You may have a someone playing Denver's defense, but no one's really betting it. I mean, who are you? I hey, mean, hey, 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 listen, you betting it? Hey, I got a fan duel for Thursday. Relax. Hey, hey, no, we don't need to ask that question. <laughs> Austin, yeah. Austin's going to bet every game. Yeah, Austin will bet the over of this game. We, we, no, we are taking the Jets heavily. Oh, I mean, how much are the Jets getting? 12? Uh, They're a minus one point spread. The Jets are minus one. Yep, Jets. Jets at home. Okay. Gentlemen. Against a third-string quarterback. That's how you know this game is truly going to suck, and everyone knows it, is that the spread is one point. Yeah. And that's how bad the two teams who are both 0-3 are. You know what? The the third-string quarterback's playing? The the third-string quarterback for Denver is playing. And you got a 38-year-old running back for the Jets. Got to love it. Got That's some prime time football for a Thursday I'm night. Telling you, dude, Thursday nights, it, it yeah. switched back to Thursday chain, night. So I got to get out of here. <laughs> all right, Jeff. All right, all right, all right hey, Thanks love you going. guys. All right, y'all have love a good one. Um, Austin, I can't wait till you get a woman in your life and you have to justify the money that you put down. Uh, nope. See, that, that was second, that was second, second bank account. Yeah, separate account. <laughs> Separate account, stock account, and a betting account. No one, no one sees those. Oh my god! Um, but no, Thursday nights has had some shitty games. Currently, the Blanc- uh, in my league, Blancos is uh, the best available defense to pick up right now. <laughs> With a projected eight points. My fantasy this year has just gone to crap, dude. No one's performing the way they were supposed to. Oh, I'm, 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 everyone's I'm, underperforming, I'm way going, underperforming. I'm going three, and two weeks in a row, I – well, in the first week, I scored the second highest points, and then this past week, I scored the second highest points. And, of course, the person I played scored the highest points in the league. And in the middle there, he got beat by me, so. That is correct. Just going to make sure that is, uh, that is on record. All right, so Austin, we're gonna we're gonna continue talking fantasy football or NFL football, uh, but we're about twenty minutes away from when we wanted to try and wrap this episode up. We got to get to beer number two. It is fault by twenty one by Adam from the set of beers that we have to do over the next uh, month or so. I just like the can design. I do like the can design. It's definitely interesting. The actual mm-hmm. can design they put uh, just like Alex likes. They put the artist on here, art and design by RobbieDavis.com. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Pretty cool can design. Obviously, if we didn't mention it earlier, or I did mention it earlier, but I want to say it again. If you don't follow us on Instagram, follow us on Instagram, which is Beer Bacon Bros. Uh, we are obviously not a request follow. You can just click the follow button and find all of our photos. So we will post uh, photos after every episode of the two beers that we do, and uh, it'll have our scores on there as well, so you can see the can designs that we talked about and uh, and obviously our scores. But George Castana is the name of the beer. It's a brown ale with chestnuts aged in bourbon barrels, and it is a 10% alcohol by volume. 10, 10. 10.0.0. 10% alcohol by volume. I took a sniff of it, and it smells pretty strong. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay, like let's like jump a, into like it. Like a hoppy? Oh. Oh, yes. I did that on my hand. <laughs> Oh, uh, oh, is that? Let's see, let's see. That that face there gives me. Based off of the labeled day, this right? as a beer about nothing. We did this for no reason, so under no circumstances are you to expect anything except the barrel aged brown ale with hints of chocolate and nuts. I believe. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't even. Based off your face, I want to say Jorge, but I know that's not what they put here. <laughs> Pours dark and roasty, so don't be alarmed when you ask for another. It's not you. It's Jorge. Jorge sucks. Oh, it is Jorge because it's Jorge Castano at the bottom. Yeah. Jorge sucks. Alex is probably gonna like this beer. I, I, I'm, yeah, I told you it's strong, isn't it? That one's a little rough around the edges. <laughs> is, is that one we all take a shit and be like, you know what? I'm good. Let's pull it out. This is a legit brown ale that, like, the chestnuts, because you know, like, certain types of like those chestnuts, the over and open but like certain certain like tree nuts like that, they just have like that. Yeah. They're not very sweet. They're not very good. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to eat them just plain. I feel like I'm getting more of these chestnuts. And then there's a little bit of bourbon burn there, I think. <laughs> That's what I was saying. That, is, that what, is that what hits you in the back of the throat is the, the shot of bourbon that they yeah. put in the can? Yeah. How oh, yeah, that's bourbon burn. It is. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. It says on the can, aged in bourbon barrel. I get that. I just wasn't expecting that much of the, the flavor. Yeah, the depth of that flavor right there is, is – um, that's almost like that has a very odd smell. You like that's like if somebody were like smell. if somebody were like pour you a not a stiffy but a pretty good like bourbon drink. Yeah, and it's just just enough there you can taste the bourbon. It's like that in that beer. If you want to ruin craft beers for a young child for the this rest is, of their life, that's the it. beer you want to hand. Yeah. yeah, you want them to not drink craft beer for the rest of their life. This is the one you want to start. Hell, with if you don't, if you just want to stop them from drinking beer for at least three years, get <laughs> them that one. I don't. That's a very small smell. If your baby's your baby is teething and you want to rub a little alcohol on her gums, that's the beer no, you no, want to go with. Yeah. Bro, that's a that's a tail. It don't even smell good. Yeah, I smelled it, and it don't even smell good. All right, so all right, take a sip of this. Take a sip of this. We're we're about to teach him what the uh, what the luau sunscreen beer was like the other week. Adam is not happy. Oh, oh! You look like my fussy little baby. That's exactly. <laughs> Who can design terrible beer? It's uh, <laughs> It actually says on the ingredients that these chestnuts are fire roasted. Hops, malt, yeast, it's and got, they have their It's got uh, It's got the Christmas lights on the side of the can over here. Yeah, this is definitely a. Oh this is weird. I like the can design. That's the only reason I picked it, but not a great beer by no means. Who's this made by? It is made by Against the Grain Brewing in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, the natural name of the beer is Jorge uh, Castano. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that's what I, was, I, I, I remember you saying it earlier, but I don't remember what I was Yeah. All right, so take – Bro, that's like – I'm getting – all I'm getting is the bourbon now. Yeah. It's like a brown ale with a bourbon flavor to it. I don't. You get some. I'm not a fan. You get some roasted chocolate, earthy nut kind of taste. It's like it's like this, this is going to sound weird. My shot of bourbon. You get the you get the chestnuts, the malty kind of flavors on the side of your tongue, but right down the middle, right down Main Street, is that bourbon. Is the uh, take this beer, whatever score you give this beer, and subtract three points from it. That's how bad the luau beer. So was. if I give this in the fours. That Lou yeah. all been a one. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I don't even know if this deserves a four. Yeah, so a, a negative one. That's fine. If we, you know what, Luau one could have possibly gotten the negative one if we'd have just been that harsh. I don't know how this beer is popular enough. Two six. This is 
Terrible beer. <laughs> Two six from the old Adam Carson Smith. I don't know how. <laughs> Man, don't be using my government. Sorry, Adam, what did I call him that night? Adam Carson. I, I have no idea. <laughs> Threw his government name out there like it was nothing. Yeah, sound the wall. What was the middle name that I called you about three episodes ago? We called Kinsan. 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 No, I don't know. It isn't. No. That's the Kinsan's name. Is the name of the beer. Um, bro, this thing is like. Bad. I think the only reason it's ten percent alcohol is because the bourbon that's soaked out of the yeah. barrel into yeah. this beer. Oh, like at least with the sour monkey, that was like nine point five strictly off of just beer. This is like, there's legit bourbon in this son of a bitch. I swear, there's I swear got to be, got to be. Oh, Steve, I think we might have found you a, a beer that you're gonna like crap wise. This might be you, baby. We it would come out of Kentucky, of course, being a bourbon beer. Yeah, I mean. At least they put Jim Bean in there for us. Ugh. I just smelled it for the. I just sniffed the beer for the first time. I took me like straight strong. back to like freshman year of college, like and just trashy flashbacks. <laughs> just like the guys getting belligerently drunk off the cheapest bourbon we could find. Oh my goodness! Yeah, two. What did I say? Two six. Yeah, you said two six. Yeah, yeah. That's, you remember how we used to go to like, you know how like, you know how we used to like go to like saloon early before everybody else got there because they would do like the dollar house liquor. But Could there the smell a- that would come off the floors of like the stale liquor that's yeah. been there all night. Stale liquor, yeah. throw up, mix with some bleach. I think that's what's coming out of this can <laughs> smell wise. God, I, I think that's what's coming out of this can smell wise. Oh, I, I mean, they might have been, you know, like. They might have put some benchmark in that. They might have been just nice enough to put benchmark in there. I'm going to say, if I owned a brewery and my brewmaster came to me and was like, try this and I tried that, I would probably want to slap him. Just be like, the hell's wrong with you, man? I'd ask, I'd look at him and ask him, did you taste this before you did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is this just an experiment? You pulled this out of the box. Yeah, look, was this a joke? Where's the real beer? And he's like, no, that's it. Oh my gosh. It's honestly kind of astonishing because this beer to be in a can like this all the way from Kentucky to here, like there's gotta be a shit ton of people out there that like this beer. And I wanna know why. Same. Same. I mean I know every t- you know, palate is different, taste buds, but that is just rough. Mm. I think my sore throat's back. <laughs> no, that's just good. That's your hotty toddy in the can right there, so <laughs> If I boiled that, that'd be that might be a hotty toddy. Yeah, this is something you would boil, take a big shot of it, go wrap it in a blanket and sweat out whatever virus you're fighting. I want one more. I want one more before I give a score. I, it's gonna be in the twos. I just need to figure out where in the twos I need to put this. <laughs> I'm gonna go three eight. It's just okay. You'll be a generous. <laughs> oh man. That's terrible. Oh, God. Here, I took it back. I don't want any more of it. Um, I'm done with it. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Shit. Oh, God. Tutu. This is – I want to be nicer to it, but good God. I, I, negative two. You know what, Steve? You might not be wrong. Um, it's it's bad. Like, it's really bad. But I will gi- I give the credit. After you swallow it, there is some chestnut. There is some, co- you know, chocolate. There is some kind of – flavor that's kind of hung over there as the alcohol has now dissipated down your throat, but good God, it's just bad. It's it's really, really bad. So um, I'm going to blame Sydney on this one. I think Sydney picked this one out. 
she probably didn't. I probably picked it out, but I'm at least trying to blame her on it. So, um, oh my god, <laughs> in doubt, blame the wife. Oh, that is never chocolate really shit. Chocolate shit. Yeah, is, that's right. Steve. It is kind of chocolate shit. No, it's honestly. I feel like if someone were to take like the small, like you know, the single serving, like the little one inch square of Hershey's that comes that they give you in Halloween. Yeah. Take that, get it down to like a liquid melty texture. Pour that in like a just cheap beer that's got a shot of bourbon in it. And I feel like that's what you're gonna end up with. Yeah, that's probably what you ended up with. Yeah. Yeah. This this kind of sucks. I, it, it helps us transition into one of the beer, like one of the beers that I did want to talk about because I want to make sure that we do it across this holiday season. Um, as far as like a chocolate beer, but I mean this I feel bad. I really wish Adam was here for the Luau, you know, hazy IPA. That, that one sucked, dude. Yeah. Is am I not wrong though? This is at least better than that one. Yeah, I could at least I could drink this beer. That Luau beer, I don't care if it was free, whatever, I would not finish the one. If we ever wanted to actually do a punishment, shotgunning this beer would be a really, really bad. Oh, oh <laughs> that'd, be oh, a good, God. that'd be a good punishment. That's actually. That would, I'm gonna write that down. That would. Yeah, I'd go ahead and let you punch me in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. I think that would literally be instant throw up. Like we need to bring back the wheel of punishment, but like have an opt out. Like you know, a nut shot's the opt out. Adam, Adam would spin, get the chug, chug the Jorge Castano, and he'd be like, "Nope, opting out. Hit me in the nuts." <laughs> Take the, take the He's like, I'll, I'll take, take the loss. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody got a soccer ball laying around? That's it. Oh, so I don't know if I'll play bottoms up in the in, by your garage, and I will let you try and hit me with a tennis ball from like the end of your driveway. Oh my god, that's not a long driveway either. Wow. <laughs> um, so I don't know if y'all saw this. So Yingling, you know. Which, by the way, did y'all know Yingling started in 1829? It's the oldest, it's the oldest U.S. brewery. Or, oh, yeah, I didn't know that. I thought old Sammy Adams would have had that thing. No, no, nope. Yingling. Um, so Samuel Adams is a, an imposter. Well, he's an imposter with a lot of money. But also, um, you need you need to look up where their headquarters is because this is in Pennsylvania. Yeah, but look up where the. Is it in Pittsburgh? No, just look it up because what you're about to transition into, it's a good little reason why. I mean, I know both of the, what I'm about to say. I know both of these companies are from Pittsburgh, or not Pittsburgh, but Pennsylvania. So I didn't yeah. know if they're both from the same city or whatnot. Very um, close, very close. So anyway, so Yingling last year apparently created this beer. It is a Yingling Hershey's chocolate porter. You know, if you know what a porter beer is, it's a darker style beer. Obviously, the you know Hershey's chocolate is super super cool, but. So Hershey's Chocolate Porter by Yingling. They did it last year. Apparently made a very small batch, very limited batch on it. And it was a extreme seller. Like they sold out way before Christmas. They did it as kind of like a holiday beer. Sold out way before Christmas. Didn't have enough people were, you know, asking about it. So they decided, of course, being smart business people to, hey, let's do it again. We're right around the holiday season. Let's do it again. So. They are bringing it back. They have promised they will have enough to make it through the holiday season in all 22 states that they distribute beer into here in the United States. So um, the Yingling chocolate porter is definitely on the watch list. And uh, and I'm sure the boys will, you know, we'll get this probably in November time frame is probably when we'll be able to do it. We do have some. I have four more beers for the next um, two weeks for us as, as the holiday season comes in. So. 
um, you know, it'll be it'll be what what is on our horizon, but definitely something that we need to do. And uh, and I'm imagining Alex is probably going to give it a pretty good score because he's a big quarter guy. And that's gonna be a that's gonna be a weird beer though. Can't make any bold predictions just yet. It is kind of cool because, like you mentioned, Hershey's and Yingling are two uh, you know Pennsylvania. They're an hour apart. Hour apart. Okay. Yeah. Two Pennsylvania-based companies, and um, pretty sure they both were originated in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, from my understanding, yes. Because Hershey is in Hershey, Pennsylvania. I did not know that it was in Hershey, Pennsylvania. I have no idea. Yeah, I knew that. I knew that. It was Hershey Park. I've been there. You remember uh, a lot of the stuff you can buy, like the pens and all that. Smells like chocolate. Science teacher from uh, BC that did his student teaching in. No, Pennsylvania. If, okay. you, if you don't put a name behind it, I don't know. There was there was like three science teachers in BC, Chris, and only one of them was a guy. Um, well, Ms. Byers was one. I said a guy. I, I know, I know. <coughs> Who was the other lady, the redhead lady that taught chemistry? Uh, Dr. Fisher. No, no, no. Callie, that's, that's the other one. Callie saying Hughes. Yes, Hughes. Yeah, my so Hughes, Hughes. Hughes was the one that did the Hershey's, Pennsylvania. I'm guessing. No, but apparently. So, uh, oh look, there's more than three science teachers at Brooklyn Casey. <laughs> the redheaded one is Doctor Fisher. Yeah, but no, no, Mr. Hughes, who uh, I don't know if it's true, but allegedly he said he did his student teaching in Blue Balls, Pennsylvania. I know, real quick. That's what I'm saying. I, I never looked it up to actually confirm it. But that's can you look up if Blue Ball Pennsylvania is so. is that an actual place? Callie just said it's true in the chat already. Okay. Blue Ball Pennsylvania, what a name. Man. Who named that city? <laughs> like some dude who ain't got none in a while, I'll tell you that. <laughs> in the eighteen hundreds. Good lord. Yeah, little place called Blue Ball. It's over there near Hershey and uh Pottsville and all that. Then <laughs> like 400 pounds from eating all the Hershey's chocolate he done. Anyways, uh, anyways. <laughs> all right. Well, we're we're coming up on the on the 10 o'clock hour. Um, so we we came together last week. Alex kind of gave a little hint to it in the last show, but um, we wanted to kind of sit down and kind of plan out exactly what we wanted to agree on. So uh, if you are with us tonight, we appreciate it. We are going to transition to twice a week and. Shorter shows twice a week. Shorter shows, probably the 8.30 to 10 o'clock time frame because we feel like you guys have really come out well from that time frame. And um, we're looking at Mondays and Thursdays. So um, that'll give us a good spread. It'll give us Tuesday and Wednesday in between the shows and then obviously the weekend around. And, um, now the football season's back, we'll probably get back into doing our predictions. Thank you for muting me, Alex. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> we'll get back into doing our predictions. And... Uh, <laughs> Kelly, we need to do the. You get him every single night. Um, and then we need to do the. Uh, we need to get the punishments back into it. Now yeah. we're we're gonna have a camera. We're gonna get a camera. Yeah. We're gonna film this stuff. We're working on that football nights. Yep, that is right, Steve. So we'll we'll have a lot of football games on those on those uh, on those nights. We're probably we're not gonna do any play by play or anything like that. We'll give you some updates. Yeah, we'll address big things, but we're not gonna sit there and like tell you what's happening on a televised game. Yeah, we kind of just did that for that one Thursday night. And, uh, just because it was the first football game of the year. Yeah, yeah, first one back. Yeah, it brought a lot of hope and joy to great people across America, as as one writer wrote from Bleacher Report. So, um, so either way, um, remember Friday night, seven to nine, Hazelwood Brewing in Lexington, 
Come come out, support us. That'd be awesome. Um, if you're there, we are planning on selling what little bit of merch we have and doing a little bit of merch giveaway. Yeah, so we're we're gonna do a koozie giveaway. Um, you want me to go and do it? Or you want to do it? Uh, I'll go ahead and do it. I mean, so we're gonna each select a beer. If you're in the crowd, uh, we'll have a, a pad, pen, and paper. Come up, write your name down, score that beer, and whoever's closest to the beer, bacon, and blow individual that has that beer, whoever's closest will win a free koozie. So essentially, like if I'll, the beer I choose is beer three, you would say Alex is going to give beer three this score, closest one to getting correctly to my actual score that I eventually give. We'll, we'll get a free koozie. Yeah. So it's something simple, but it's a cool little game we'll play. We want to we want to we want to have you guys interact with us. We uh we really appreciate all those that came out from the, the small cabbage brewery one and the crowd that we had. A lot of people gave a lot of great um you know compliments to it. And uh, so we want to keep you guys entertained, keep you interested, and also get you some free merch while we're out there. So um like like Adam said, we'll have the pen. We'll have a a big pad. And uh, I'll go ahead and write out the, the beers that each bro is doing. And you want to get the closest score to what the bro gives on that beer. And if you are the closest, you get the koozie. So we'll, uh, we'll have the pad with us at the table. Come over. Make sure you get your scores in. Obviously, you can enter into each individual one. And, yeah, and uh, scores are based on a scale of 1 to 10. And we'll go over the scoring on on Friday while we're while we're at Hazelwood. Yeah, yeah. And you can and you can ask us, you know, you know, feel free to ask us. So um we hope to see you guys out there. It'll be a fun night. They're open from uh, two to ten technically on Friday. We found Alex and I found that out or we all three found that out today. We thought it was four to ten, but it's two to ten. Uh, our show is gonna run from seven to nine. Obviously maybe, you can come maybe out a little later depending. <laughs> depending we we have ten beers. We only did eight at Swamp Cabbage, but we have ten beers this time and the interview with Matt. So <laughs> Uh, we ran almost exactly two hours. Yeah, so it, might, it might just be a hair longer. And if not, then maybe we just move a little quicker in between beers. Yeah, maybe. So maybe. Yeah, either so. way. But, we look uh, forward to seeing y'all hopefully on Friday night. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, my closing thought. Uh, y'all got any closing thoughts before I go? Because mine's going to have to end on mine. No, that was it for me. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, that's it for me. Hope to see you guys on Friday. We appreciate all the love and support. Make sure you're following us on social medias. Uh, and... Alex, whatever you got to say. Yeah, so oh, I just saw. Hold on. I even forgot he was there. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. I can't hear stuff in the back. Yeah, I can't hear like faint echoes in the background. I'm like, there's no one else on the line, and also just comes in from the deep dark back. Even what he's been looking in the shadows watching. Yeah. What do you got, Austin? Uh, bet of the week. That's a good one. Seattle, Miami over 54. Okay. Bet of the week. Okay. All right. Seems, seems reasonable. All right. You got closed out now, Austin? Yes. Okay. So it's breaking news just confirmed that the presidential debate number two is now being moved, and it's going to, just going to be a bare knuckle fist fight in a Chili's parking lot. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> Wait. Okay, the president's uh, – hold on, because isn't it supposed to be the vice presidents or the two that are debating next? Yes. Okay. Yeah, no, it's just going to be a bare-knuckle fist fight into the, in the trailer parking lot. Can we just go ahead and get it over with? Yeah, it would just be, it's going to be like a battle royale. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no microphones, though, so we won't have to hear nothing. Yeah. But anyways, it's been a fun episode. Uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Hope you come out to Hazelwood. We're looking forward to it. And as always, thank you.